All right, welcome in, everybody. Uh, this is Eric Winalda. This is Winalda for the Win, coming to you from the hotel, the Win Hotel uh, Resort and Casino here in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm I'm already kind of um, off today, so I and, and I'll tell you why in a second. But uh, whether you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere that you listen to podcasts, I do want to thank you for making me a part of your day. But today. Today, I have to start off in a different way. We've, we've kicked off this podcast uh, for the win, and I wasn't sure what kind of reception it would get. Uh, I've been interacting on, on, on Twitter. Uh, I've followed a heck of a lot more people than I usually do. A lot of people who have podcasts, and I, as I get into this, this space, if you will, I'm learning a lot about how this interaction is going to go. And eventually, I really do hope that the show becomes incredibly interactive. Whereas this becomes your show. The, the topics that are out there in the world right now, there's a ton of them. And there's always something happening in soccer. But from my interaction with everybody on Twitter this week, and things that I say on Twitter, things that I don't say, things that I react to, the people that have decided to send me a DM, because I follow them now and they follow me so we can have those kind of conversations. And there was over 150 of you that jumped uh, on board. A lot of you, thank you for the, 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 uh, um, the congratulations to start a new gig and, and all that stuff. And then as, as you've, you've heard a couple shows now, starting to chime in as, hey, you're not talking about this or you're not talking about that. And I appreciate that stuff. I really do. I do read it. That's the part you need to understand. And as we move forward, I, I'm going to continue to do that because it's important to me that I'm, I'm addressing the issues that mean most to you. Uh, and, but before we go any further, I, very quickly, I, I do want to, want to preface today's show with, with, with this. And that is, um, I lost my mom on Sunday. And anybody that's lost a loved one or a parent uh, you can understand the, the emotions that you go through because it's, it's horrible. It, it really is truly horrible. And so many of you have taken to Twitter to um, express your condolences, and I, I very much appreciate that. A lot of phone calls that I haven't even had the chance to get back to some of you. And it means a lot. It, it, it really does. My, my mom was an incredible woman, and it's the hardest part for me right now is I just can't pick up the phone and call her and just just hear her voice she was always so good about that my mom always gave me great advice and one of the things that she used to say uh, is remember who you are and never more so than now has that meant something to me that I continue to be the person that she always wanted me to be in the world uh, you can imagine a 10-year-old kid walking out the door. Remember who you are. And I, I, like, what the hell does that mean? You know, <laughs> and that, what that meant to her was it was important that I went out into the world and represented our family well. And I, I, I tried to do my best. Uh, there was plenty of times where I let her down. I let my family down. I let myself down. But uh, that's, the, that's the phrase that, that sticks with me. The other one, which I think is probably the best advice that I, I can give anybody out there, in anywhere, 
that's dealing with somebody that they don't like or they don't like you. And let's, let's face it, I, I've, I'm, open, I'm an open book. So I, some of those, those DMs and some of those uh, tweets, they weren't, they weren't very nice, which is fine, which is fine. But my mom used to always say this, when addressing somebody who doesn't like you or comes at you hard and calls you bad things or says that they could say anything. And the best response is the greatest advice she ever gave me is to look that person right in the eye and just say, I'm sorry you feel that way. What that actually means is I'm not going to get drawn into your world of hate or your world of anger or frustration. It's not that I don't care about what's really important to you that's making you crazy, but I'm sorry that you feel that way about that. <laughs> I'm not going to make it a part of my day. That's, that's, it's just such great, it's, it's such great advice. God, I love my mom. I loved her to death. And it's, 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 it's hard, you know, 78 years old. Uh, for those of you who are wondering how she passed away, yes, COVID was involved. But my mom had beaten cancer. Her immune system was compromised. And it, uh, this was just too much for her. She actually had a knee replacement surgery that uh, was ill-advised, in my opinion, because surgeries, and I, I can tell you that I've had 14, will beat you up. And uh, this is just an unfortunate, unfortunate set of circumstances and timing. Uh, strongest woman I've ever known. But this thing, this thing is uh, taking people from us, and it's horrible. But uh, I lost my dad five years ago, and, I, and I've never gotten over that, and I'll, I'll never get over this, and I'm okay with saying that. But I do want to, just going back to the reason why I started this, is it's, two, it's twofold. It's thank you for the condolences. I, I do appreciate it. But when, when I'm going through this, there might be times on this podcast where I might come across a little brash. And when you're dealing with the realities of death uh, and losing someone, and then you have somebody that really wants to dig into you about how you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to the left back for, for Chelsea. You got to understand people that is so trivial to me right now. And I do have a tendency to be very honest. So if you come at me and you, and you do have a question or you do have uh, something to get off your chest, just be careful what you wish for. And as you get used to me, what you'll understand is, and my, my players that have played for me, they, they get it, they get it. That I, I, I'm not going to mince words and I'm not going to candy coat anything. Uh, if I think I'm right, and sometimes I really am right, and I, I I'm, feel that conviction, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Now, on, in this conversation, well, they haven't been all conversations, but all of this, this feedback that uh, I've, I've gotten on Twitter, there's a couple of things that uh, started to be you know, a reoccurring uh, annoyance, <laughs> which, which is my lack of, of talking about Major League Soccer. And so that, that tells me two things. It tells me a lot of people out there that care a lot about Major League Soccer, which is great. And I really haven't had enough time to, to talk about Major League Soccer. I'm going to do that a little bit today because I do have some opinions about, uh, about some things that, that are relevant to the world right now. 
one of them being Landon Donovan inter interviewing for Real Salt Lake, which I thought was interesting. I talked about him previously uh, on another podcast, uh, one of the first ones actually, where I, I, you know, my opinion of him weighing in on Weston McKinney and his situation and uttering the phrase, his selfishness is beyond me. Well, that, that comment is beyond me, Landon. You went on a hiatus to Cambodia in the middle of qualification, so you don't get to weigh in on this one. So stay out of it. My advice is, as a, as a friend, as a follow, fatherly figure, if you will, he's not that, young, that younger than me, but is focus on what you're doing, and you're a coach right now. And you're doing a good job. An, a, a job that, that is now getting you in front of what could be a stepping stone to maybe the next stepping stone. And as you continue to grow as a coach uh, in this interview process, and I don't know how it went. I mean, clearly, I don't know how it went, but I wasn't there. I've coached against you. I've covered you for years. I know what you're all about. So my, my advice is let's, let's stick with the plan. You're a coach right now. Um, stay out of it. I mean, and, and that's, that's the reality. I've been sitting as a, as a coach for the Las Vegas Lights, or when I, when I held that post, very different attitude towards everything. And now I'm sitting at a desk where I'm a member of, a, I'm back in the media, and I can talk about things openly. As a coach, I don't, I don't care about anything. And it was so liberating to basically say, hey, what do you think of Arsenal? I, I don't care. I, I coach my own team, and I'm, that's my focus. That's what I do. Being in the media means you have to have an opinion and or knowledge of everything that's going on. So forgive me for saying this, but it has been a little bit overwhelming with the loss of my mother and starting a podcast and how, how I manage my day, how I manage my hours, what I choose to do. I, I don't, I've watched games. I've, I've tried to watch games, uh, but there's been other things and other phone calls which have occupied my time. So. Give me a minute, okay? I'm not all the way up to speed on everything, but I, I certainly will be in the very near, fu very near future. So I can tell you what all the, the, the games were that, that happened just this week on the, on the Tuesday, Wednesday Champions League schedule. I have opinions about all that stuff. But uh, just give me a couple more weeks, a couple more weeks. And I hope you are in, in, enjoying the show. From, from the, the feedback that I got, uh, it, it really was, it really was fun. It really was fun. Even all the way into to last night, I had a lot of folks chime in about the San Jose uh, RSL game. And it leads me to uh, the one thing I do want to talk about today, and, and I'm just going to, I'm going to go about this briefly. But I took, I took issue on Twitter with David Ochoa, who was the goalkeeper, the young goalkeeper for RSL. He was also uh, part of the Monarchs, uh, and, I, and I actually had an altercation with this player at, when I was a coach. And I've been following him, his career, his performances. For those of you who might not remember, he was our goalkeeper in that failed uh, Olympic effort. He's out there dribbling around like Jorge Campos, lost the ball, and we lost the game. We did not make the Olympics. I mean, you can't blame the whole thing on him, but I'll tell you, it, it, there was a lot on, on, that, uh, on that slate. And a lot going on in a very young player's mind. But I, I, I said he's overrated. 
And a lot of you took offense to that. And it, it got me thinking today, as I was coming in, that maybe this is part of the problem. That we do really stick a silver spoon in these kids' mouths. We tell them that they're fantastic. And then we're surprised when they fail. And what exactly are we doing to prepare these kids for the next step? Now, David Ochoa is also the player who has now vowed that I don't want to play for the United States anymore. And he, under the rules, he can do that. He said, I want to go to Mexico. Well, thanks for that, David. You screw up our Olympic effort. We're not going. And then you didn't want to play for us at all anyway. Uh, not, not a smart PR move, but man, I hope that doesn't help with Pepe because that, that, that would really stink. But there's been some, some, a lot of onus on how this kid is, is maybe how he's being handled, how, maybe how he's being coached, maybe just how he handles himself. I've been following him mainly because I'm from Thousand Oaks, Westlake Village, California, and he's from right down the road in Oxnard. So don't come at me with, uh, you know, you don't understand the Hispanic or the, uh, the Latino point of view. I, I am the guy who goes and finds these kids and digs them out of the, some bad circumstances sometimes and gives them a chance. And I know where he's coming from. So the whole Oxnard against the world anger thing, I, I've dealt with that before. I've seen this a ton of times. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, really affect me. And I'm, I, and I'm not saying I'm very good with, with, with uh, that scenario, but I, I'm, I'm so familiar with it that I, I've, I'm open with my guys when I talk to them. And just David Ochoa is certainly not one of my guys. But as a player, when you are looking for those opportunities, it's, it's important to stay humble. And this, this kid, even though he's had a couple of doses of humility, has seemingly just put that on mute. You might even remember him kicking the ball in the stands against Minnesota and Adrian Heath, the manager of Minnesota, taking issue with that, you know, running onto the field, actually. They had an altercation. And then what I didn't like was Real Salt Lake's spin on that where they went to Twitter and said, it's that time again for David Ochoa to kick the ball into the crowd like this is something that he always does. And they essentially just made an excuse for him and his bad behavior. And that's what kind of what we do. And that's, that's, you know, and he's been coached by, I know these, this is not me just, you know, going off on a player. I know this kid, okay? I followed his career. I've talked to every single one of the guys that have coached him. Those names don't need to be brought up right now. I don't want to do that to, to those guys. But I'm completely, let me just say that word again, completely educated when it comes to David Ochoa's growth as a player. And I've seen him stroll onto the practice field and act like Gigi Buffon at the age of 19. Well, Gigi Buffon doesn't try and do a Cruyff in, in his own box in an Olympic qualifier and lose the ball either, buddy. So my point is, is that if we're going to grow up as, as a soccer nation, we have to be able to have these conversations and our kids need to be able to start taking the criticism. Because his behavior is, is, is subpar. His performances are subpar. And he got scored on. He got an Olympico last night. Scored on him directly. If you know what that is. It's when somebody scores on you directly from a corner kick. Kind of reminded me of the goal that we scored against him with the Las Vegas Lights. He's just not good on crosses. He's a vampire. He's afraid of crosses. That's what he is. 
I, I know deep down there's probably a good kid in there, but uh, here's, here's the real quick, it, just here's the two-second two advice. Start listening to people around you that are trying to give you good advice. Be more coachable and be humble. It, it's going to help. It, it's going to help. It, you're 20 years old, for crying out loud. So, I mean, you're a goalkeeper. We could be still having this conversation in 20 years. Your, your career is going to last a long time, I hope. And I hope you get better. But guys, don't come at me for saying the kid's overrated. He is overrated right now. You know, there's, there's several different kinds of players. There's just not good enough. There's not good enough ever. And there's not good enough right now. And then there's good enough. And I, I think that kid's good enough. But right now, I think he falls into that category where he needs to figure some stuff out. Now, I don't, the other thing that a lot of people came at me with was this um, Landon Donovan to Real Salt Lake. And I, I found that interesting because it really reminds you of what this coaching carousel looks like. And I'm not going to lie. I tried to get in. I tried to, I wanted to be a coach in, in Major League Soccer. And I was told on many occasions that the, the number one reason why I, I am not put on that, that final list is because I've never been anybody's assistant coach. I mean, I remember having a, a, a great conversation with Bill Manning, who I have immense respect for. And he's going through a tough time with, Toronto FC. And that's a tough situation. Ali Curtis is, is, is up there. They're in charge. They, they make a decision to bring in Chris Armas, and it just didn't work. And now Javier Perez is in charge. Now, and I'm going to say this real quick. I, I just, I'm not calling Javier Perez, Perez a liar, but what he has done is pretty amazing to escalate into this position as, as quickly as he had. And, and I'm, I, I'm just saying, uh, here's what I'm, how am I going to say this? I'm just going to say that everything on that resume might not be completely factual. <laughs> I mean, you might be good at the, you know, the resume needs to re represent the, you know, the, the history of your life. And, and I'm, I, I don't know. I've, I've heard too many stories. But he's been in with, with Tad Ramos. He's been in with Jurgen Klinsmann. And uh, now he's the head guy uh, up there in Toronto. And we'll see how that all pans out. I, I do think that they'll probably go for a, a more high-profile coach. But in, in the end, I was never anybody's assistant. Now, there were times I worked with Bruce Arena uh, with, with the national team and Bob Bradley, who I still hold in very high regard. But I never was an assistant coach of, of to, to really get in there and to, to take the hit, to say, dedicate uh, whatever amount of time out of my life to learn the system, to learn all this stuff. And... And set up cones for somebody, really. And I just wasn't willing to do it. And so that, that's probably why I've been taken off the list so many times. Very close in Chicago many years ago with Andrew Houtman and Frankie Klopas. I think he's still there somewhere. And again, Chicago struggling. For those people that want me to talk about Major League Soccer and the coaching, here we go. Toronto struggling, Chicago struggling. These are teams that are fixable. I do not like Almeida. I, I, I'm never going to be on board with that. Sorry. So San Jose, my former club, I'm, I'm just having a hard time watching that. I mean, they, they went from Scotland, well, that's Dominic Kinnear, who's American, but it was Scotland to Sweden to Argentina. What's next? Which, which continent next will represent your culture? San Jose has no identity at all. It's, it, it's, like, a, it's like living in a house where they put the family portraits up and then they have to take them down every three years. Put somebody else up there. Oh, here's your new family. 
It just doesn't seem right to me. I want them to figure that out. I know that they're looking for a new GM. I know a couple of my buddies are up for, uh, are being considered. One of them being Craig Weibel, who I, 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 really, I really think would be a good fit. He's a guy that won. He knows how to win. Had a bad experience at RSL, and now he's, he's uh, up in Seattle working with Garth Lagerway. Another guy that got into the system, and now he'll never get out. <laughs> Sorry, Craig. But he might be a good fit. I think Todd Donovan might be a good fit. He's at Sacramento in that failed attempt to get into Major League Soccer. He's another one that I, I hope they talk to. And Chris Leach. And Chris Leach is, is, is in charge of this thing right now. They lost uh, uh, Jesse Farinelli earlier this year as a GM. It's, I think it's the third GM to lose his job this year. You look at uh, Matt Jordan at Houston as well. A couple of job openings in there. But let, let's track this one. This is fun. Uh, if you, if you want to you know, know how hard it is to get into the coaching profession. Um, this one's tricky. You know, because you had, it, it all started really with, uh, well, it didn't start with Gonzalo Pineda going to uh, Atlanta. But he goes to Atlanta to take the head coaching position because Heinzig gets fired. And then Freddie Juarez decides to step away from RSL as the head coach to be the assistant coach in Seattle. Now, it's, to some, that's a head scratcher, but with all, everything going on with, with RSL, with everything that happened with Deloy and, and all these accusations of racism and it, it, the culture, and uh, it, with, regardless of what, what, what was wrong over there, Deloy still put a ton of money into this thing, and I hope he gets his money back. I, whether he makes money on the, uh, on the, on the deal, is, is, it's, that's not my call, but I, I, I do appreciate the fact that he, he did a lot to build uh, what they have now at RSL. And it's, it's essentially now without an owner. It doesn't, uh, it's on the market, but it's, it's, it's owned by the league. So Pablo Masterani becomes the assistant coach, who's now the head coach after Freddie departs. And the other interesting part of this triangle, if you will, is Chris Henderson leaves Seattle to take a job in Miami to go work for Beckham, which displaces Kurt Schmidt, who used to work for Seattle and Chris. So he goes to Real Lake. I hope you can stay with me there, but that's, that's this, this, you know, this triangle of, of, of movement of coaches. And again, it, and it gets, it gets crazy at times. And you got Nick Ramondo's over there and back to, back to the first point with David Ochoa. I mean, if you're being coached by a guy like Nick Ramondo, right? I mean, or you're, you're falling in the footsteps of someone like Nick Ramondo, whether it's Jorge Campos or Nick Ramondo, what you need to understand is that guy's special. <laughs> You know, it's, it's great to have somebody to look up to, to have a, you know, a role model. But if, if you're trying to be Nick Ramondo, pick somebody else. That guy, penalty kicks, he had already had tomorrow's breakfast. He knew exactly where you were going before you knew where you were going. The first time I ever recruited and saw him, uh, it, it was a part of the U-20 national team. And he was before, I think, he went to UCLA. And I went to go watch this kid that I heard so much about. And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, he's playing right back. Like, wait, what? The, the goalkeeper is playing right back for the national team. Just put that one, you know, up for, for, for digestion. That, that's a tough one to understand, but that's how good he was. So you, you have someone trying, and if you ever watched any videotape on Jorge Campos, what he would do to people as he came off and played in the field, or he's just changed jerseys and go up front. And I think he rainbowed Mark Santel against Dallas. And, and I was like, holy what a player. What a talent. 
So I, I'm, I'm a little bit behind, you know, the David Ochoa failing to find out his own identity because he's, he's been coached by some people that, uh, that were just somewhat special. And I think Tab Ramos falls into that category as well as this U20 coach. And I'm really proud of what Tab's doing. He's going through a rough time right now, but maybe what a, what a great human being. Unbelievable player. He is that guy that when you think about it, when you really think about it, when there's so much talent in, in your coach, it's like Zinedine Zidane or someone like that. Not to you know, liken those two to each other, but I, I hold Tab in high regard. He's the most talented soccer player we ever had in the United States. Now you might say, oh, that's incredible. Look, I, I'm just telling you, up close, when Tab was healthy, that's about as good as it gets. And it, it, there's people out there, if you're listening to this, that played against him in 96, 97, before we all got hurt, trying to promote the game. And playing on, I, I mean, we played at the, the old stadium there, so he was essentially playing on, on a concrete with grass coming through it. And it's, uh, for me, for me, when you go back and, and look at those dates, it's a sad thing to see Tab get hurt as much as he did, but we were trying to qualify and we were trying to promote the start of Major League Soccer. So that's what, probably why you got cheated out of seeing the best out of him. But he was, he was absolutely phenomenal. But as a coach, sometimes you look at someone like Tab and you say, maybe he has a hard time you know, understanding why this guy can't trap and pass the ball the way he could or have the kind of control that he had or the speed. So it's, it's, it's something to think about, but I, I do think uh, his work with the U-20s and, and now with Houston, the departure of your GM does, does affect things, and they're still in the process of figuring things out. I, I hope they, they, they spend a little money to make it easier because I, I think if you really do the math, and I was doing the math the other day, I think they're at the bottom of the league as far as how much money they spend on their players. Teams like LAFC are tripled, quadrupled how much how much money they spend down there. So when you look at the, the, the table, you kind of say to yourself, uh, well, maybe, maybe that has a lot to do with it. And we can continue to go after foreign coaches in, in this league, and then they continue to fail. I'm not even looking at, the, I'm, I'm not even looking at it, but if, if you were to take the top five coaches, like the top five teams in Major League Soccer right now, one, two, and three points, I know Bruce is uh, at the top, and, and Schmetzer's probably right behind him. So it's, it's probably one, two, three, four, five, all American coaches. And then somewhere in the middle of the pack, there might be some, some, some foreign coaches who are kind of figuring out, having a good result, having a bad result, still trying to, to you know, understand all the rules and regulations of, of this league. And, they, and that's really unfortunate when you have to have something explained to you every other day. That, that's rough. I'll never forget Cincinnati's comment. We're about four or five transfer windows away from being a team. Wait, wait, what? That's that, when you hear that, folks, what, what you're hearing is I'm trying to buy some time here because I have no idea what I'm doing. Four or five transfer windows to figure it out. That's, that's like politics. Like you blame the former administration and say, you know, that's, uh, this is why I can't do my job is everything that's happened before. I got here. That, that, that is, sometimes that's a valid argument, but for the most part, uh, that, that doesn't fly with me. I'm, I like to, 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 I'm sometimes arrogant about it, you know, but I like to fix the problem. And I, and I can tell you without hesitation, whether they think it or not, there's four or five teams I could fix in a couple of weeks in Major League Soccer. 
as a manager. It comes down to culture. It comes down to, you know, of course, there's movements and there's understanding of what TAM is. Don't screw up the TAM. You screw up the TAM, you're in trouble. <laughs> but people, people out there, when you, when you talk about money, you talk about Major League Soccer, and the, the fact that I don't talk about it a lot is it's just, it's not that it's foreign to me. I, I'm not, and I don't want it to sound that way. But I do think it's, it's very different to talk about teams in Europe where it's more cut and dry. You know what the situation is. Bayern Munich, for example. Bayern Munich is a team that exemplifies business. They are Coca-Cola. Not only do they have the ability to, to mutate and to, to, to change with the times and with the technology, but you know, if, a, if a sports drink does well, they say, hey, nice job. How much? We'll just buy you out and we'll take over from here because we're Bayern Munich. And that's the way it works. And there's other teams out there that they can't figure out if they're a selling team. Uh, is it, and then what, what always happens, unfortunately, to those teams that when, when Bayern decides to include themselves in their life or in their business, they, they, it's almost like they're doing you a favor. Yeah, we'll give you 80 million for those two guys. Now, Dortmund has, has, you know, it started with Lewandowski, but Dortmund does this all the time. You look at the money that they have made with Dembele, with, with it was even Mario Götze, with, with uh, uh, Mats Hummels goes away, comes back. It, 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 it's incredible. Lewandowski was a big number. Of course, Pulisic was a big number. And now Sancho. So it's, it's, it's and, and they still maintain an incredibly high quality of play. And now who are they sitting on? They're sitting on Holland, who scored again. Who scored again. I was, ask, I was asking my son yesterday, I said, take the top five players in the world. Who's the most expensive guy? In, who do you think it is? And, and my kid plays this, I don't know what game it is. It's like a video game. It's called you know, Football Manager. It's pretty funny. I don't, if you've ever seen it... I, I, I caught a little bit of it. I, I'm not a video games guy. But it was uh, interesting to watch my son play that game. He loved it. He absolutely loved it. And he, you end up buying players. You have these like, you know, meetings with, with your players and you talk to them and you're telling them that you're letting them go. You're making moves. And he was like Mbappe in Holland. I mean, who else? Who else? Who else would you even talk about at this point? And those guys are truly doing the business right now. But that's why I don't go to Major League Soccer all the time. One... I never could get a job in there. One day, so and I'm not bitter. I just would have more to talk about if I actually worked for Major League Soccer. All I've done is build three teams that beat Major League Soccer teams in the Lamar Hunt Open Cup. And I don't know if that helped me or hurt me. I'm like, wait, hold on a second. I just beat a team in Major League Soccer with a $300,000 annual budget. And you got two guys that you're paying 500 grand each. But that didn't impress you. Sorry. I did that in Atlanta. And what, what happened in Atlanta? You know, it, was, it, was, it is what it is. It's, it, it reminds me a lot of what might happen in Las Vegas. Because when Arthur Blanc came in and, and took over everything, he said, hey, I got an NFL team. We're, we got the Falcons. We had, that was back then. They had just had a couple of good years or they, were, they weren't too far removed from... Uh, having a couple of good years. 
and they had a really expensive quarterback. And if still, if you go to Mercedes Stadium even today, there's, there's a little falcon on all the black leather seats. But it made sense. Atlanta, we had proven that Atlanta works. We had a team that was beating the likes of Colorado and Real Salt Lake in the Open Cup. So we were able to draw you know, talent from locally. We had guys like Quadro Poku, who, if you might remember him, 88, that went to uh, NYCFC. And did great. He did great. And then, of course, Patrick Vieira thought he wasn't tactically astute enough. And that, that's, um, I don't I, I know, translated that means I don't know what to do with this guy. As you know, uh, Patrick is now at Crystal Palace. All right, so there are a couple of games, but that's pretty much it. I, I'm, look, as we continue on this, this, this journey and the, the, the back and forth, please do not be afraid uh, to send me a note, a DM. I, I've, I've gone on those uh, Twitter space, which are really cool, by the way. Just pops up at the top of your screen. You go on Twitter and these little purple bubble, and, it's, and it has a plus 177 people are talking to Alexi Lalas. And it's, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. And you can be candid and whatnot. I, I should probably be a little bit more careful. I, I was on one of those things. I made a joke about somebody. I can't remember who the joke was actually about, but probably should be a little bit more careful. So, if, so sorry if you missed it because I'm going to be more careful in the future on Twitter space. I might even create one of my own. It was on yesterday with Alexi. And his question, uh, and I shouldn't, I, because it is a topic, uh, I, I should, it is one of the things that you guys hit me with was this deal that was offered to both the men's and women's CBA, uh, the collective bargaining agreement that they're, they're trying to, you know, it's, and then there was the immediate response from the lawyers uh, with the women's side who said that we will not negotiate through the media. This is a horrible way to do it. I think, I think if you want to follow Grant Wall on Twitter, he can, he can fill you in. But that just, that didn't resonate with me. I, I didn't feel that it was a topic that really should be expounded on. I, I, I know how those things work. And, and we are so far removed from a deal. It, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a long time. If, if it gets to that point, though, I will call my buddy Jeff Carlisle, get him on the program, and he can enlighten everybody. So if you want to hear about that, then you know, continue to do what you're doing. Hit me up. Hit me up on Twitter and, and uh, send me a DM. Or just hit me on Twitter. And then I, since I'm in such a following mood these days, because I want you guys to follow me and I'll follow you and then eventually you will follow this program and that would be um, a good relationship so let's do that so let's do that send me some uh, send me your thoughts on that I want to know if 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 uh, this is something that needs to be addressed and, and I do I got to pull Jeff in and maybe even Mark Levinson who's a, a very good friend of my lawyer that uh, I uh, got brought into this many years ago. We used to have Don Fear, who was from Major League Baseball, explain it to us once a year. We would all convene, of course, at, in Las Vegas as a team, both the women and the men. This is back when we were much more organized. We get everybody in the same place and explain what the lawyers are saying, what the Federation is saying, and then we would actually, instead of doing a Zoom call, we, we, we turn to the person next to you, who could be Hope Solo, it could be Mia Hamm, and say, well, what do you think? And we have conversations about these kind of things. I don't want to see him strike. I don't want to see, I don't want to see a strike. And you never do. But I've been in the room where, where I've, been in the, I've been the guy screaming into that, that conference call, we're going on strike. And I have gone on strike. We, we've, we've done it. 
and it's 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 never fun and it's 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 scary and then somebody has to throw around that word scab and then a, a scab team is formed that's horrible let's hope it never gets to that but i will be following that very closely i do have big opinions huge opinions on what exactly does that mean equal pay how do we address the women's national team moving forward and their success? How, how do we share the bonuses that, are, that, are, that, that we win? Why, why is, it, is it really the United States Soccer Federation's fault that FIFA has decided to make the prize money one-eighth of what the men's game is? It, is it, does it coexist with what kind of sponsors they can drive? Of course it does. What, what about they're pulling in is what they're able to pay out. But I really like some of the conversations I've had this week with former national team players and current national team players who are all on board with sharing that stuff, which says a lot. It says a lot about the times. It says a lot about the character of our players. I mean, I think as we move forward on this show, I mean, at some point I will have Megan Rapino sitting right here expounding on the things that are important to her. And I want to go there. I, I want to go there. There's so many guests that I want to have on this program. And we've already reached out to some of the, you know, some of the obvious whatnot. And I will consider this, this entire show a failure if we do not get Ted Lasso. That's, if you're not watching it, if you haven't figured that out yet, please figure that out. I, I fought it for so long. I didn't want to watch it. I didn't want to see it. I knew that they were making fun of Americans. I remember the, the ads that came out. He goes, well, what, what? they call me wanker. What, what do you think that means? Well, I think it's, it means they like me. You know, I, it was hilarious. It's still hilarious. The whole uh, Roy Kent's uh, um, uh, character, which is Roy Keane, by the way, if you haven't figured that out, it's, it's brilliant. It's, brilliant. it's written so well that there's a reason why. I mean, shows like that, there's a reason why they win that many awards because they really are that good. Drew me in, man. I was actually in Europe. Uh, we were um, in Aachen, uh, and I was stuck in that hotel right in the middle of COVID. It's raining every day, and I binge-watched Ted Lasso, and it was great. Soccer is the life. All right, but uh, we are, as I've been told, you know, when you get to about this stage in a podcast, you need to shut it down. Now, I can talk all day, but that's what the next podcast is for. Uh, in the meantime, continue the interaction, please. I want to know more. I want to know what you think. I want to know what topics are, are resonating with you. I do want to get into to, to equal pay and, and equality. I, I, th I think that that is such, it was a big thing for me going into the presidential election. And I, I still think that if any of you are looking at, at Carlos Cordero as the bad guy here, don't, don't, don't do that. He's actually a really, a really good man. He just walked into a room of snakes and the boots weren't high enough. That's all that happened there. I don't think I was ready for that room either. I, I probably would have been arrogant enough to think that the venom from all those snakes wouldn't have killed me. But that's, <laughs> that's, what's, uh, that's what you get when you get into that world. But I do want to talk about this stuff. And we've got, uh, I don't know how many more chances to do it. But this show, for the time being... Uh, has come to its conclusion. Uh, I'm not going to apologize to David Ochoa, but last, last note, buddy, get, get your act together, please. You're a good goalkeeper. I want to see a better person, and I want to see some humil humility and hard work out of you, whether you go to Mexico or not. 
and stop getting scored on from corner kicks. Maybe that'll help. And dribbling in the box. Nothing wrong with putting it in the 18th row. Nothing wrong with that at all. Let's try that a few times. All right. That is it for me. This is Winalda for the win. Coming to you from the win in Las Vegas, Nevada. Until next time, you guys stay well, be well, and be good humans.